0: Breakfast puppies?
1: This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Glitter Boys. So when I was in my junior year of high school, we... Took a the science class took a field trip, a week long field trip to Disney World. And the fuck, they would, think, yes, <laughs> yeah, we had to pay X amount, but we all got onto uh, charter buses and we drove from Mobile, Alabama to Orlando, Florida, well, Kissimmee, St. Cloud, sorry. And we got uh, rooms at motels. And we then, uh, each morning, went to Disney World. So we did three days at Disney World and one day at Universal Studios. No, two days at Disney World, one day at Universal Studios, and one day was our do-whatever-the-hell-you-want day. I'm like, this is the best vacation ever! So, while we were on this vacation, my friends, Greg, 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 and Sandra, all went to... (laughs) MGM Studios at the time. We called them the Three Gregs, uh, the Three Gregs Plumbing. Greg, Greg, Greg. We all went to MGM Studios, and on the last day, we went throughout Disney World and had a blast. And one of the things that we did was in MGM Studios, there was a ride called the Tower of Terror. Due to reasons, we got special passes that allowed us to skip any line. And it was just me, Greg, 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 and Sandra that got these passes. We could skip any line, and it lasted for a day, and there were signatures required. But anyway, uh, (laughs) we got up to some shit. So we rode the Tower of Terror 21 times in a row. It was a blast. And one of the things that we did, after the third or fourth time, we started predicting when they would take the photo. And then we started posing for the photo. And one of the poses that we did was recreating the cover of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Guide to the Universe. (laughs) 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 Shit you not. We had pulled out a map of Disney World and we were all like laying around in chairs and pointing at the map and shaking (laughs) our head. And I have this photo somewhere in a box of memories because that was the one that I liked the most it cost me like 30 bucks but (laughs) that's beautiful yeah
0: this is a great lead-in into what a rock and cover this one has again wraparound great art like many of the tmnt books a wraparound cover with art going from the front to the back i really like this cover it's probably my favorite of the tmnt and other strangeness covers um just that's a personal bias but you know it's a really good
1: one. I would say it is my favorite of the ones that Eastman and Laird did. Mm-hmm. I And as much as I, I mean, I do love, love their art. I really love that Kevin Long cover of the next one we're going to be talking about. But, yeah. But we'll get to that in a bit. Ethan.
2: Again, it should be noted <laughs> that this is a combat scene. If you look at both, there are uh, alien triceratops in spacesuits closing in. And yet no one is leaping everyone has used the bathroom recently no one it's it's not an action scene it's a slice of life and i love that
1: what i like especially about it is only one of the turtles even knows that combat's about to happen yeah Raph's <laughs> <Ref's laughs> like dude the fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's good it's really good yeah okay guide to the universe if you have read the original ninja turtles comics and you have read past the point where it really gets weird, then all of this stuff is for you. We mentioned the Utrams in a previous episode. if you have watched the cartoon, then you are familiar with a character named Krang. Yeah. The Utrams are what Krang was based on. But the Utrams are nothing like Krang. <laughs> They're all like nice and peaceful and cool and they, they want to get along and hang out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas Krang was just a conniving little asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. This is, uh, yeah, this is, it really does take, it allows you as a player to follow the comics. And then what we were? what is this? What
0: year? Uh, let's see. It is T guide to the 87. It's
1: nineteen
2: eighty seven yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So again, I think we're in either still in either single digits or low, low routines.
2: You know, what's lovely about this one is it starts out with what I always feel is underserved whenever you're dealing with air and or space. And that's movement, maneuverability, three dimensions, cost, how to put things together. It's always just so underserved. And that is, literally, how we start right mm-hmm.
1: after the table of contents. I gave this a full read of this combat system, re- resolving or uh, going with the whole maneuverability stuff. Mm-hmm. This is good. Yeah, <laughs> it, I was actually I was going into this expecting eh, it's probably half-assed. It's probably it's, it's not, probably though. not as good as I remember. No, this is this is some, this is really good. Yeah. Like, if you're a fan of the way that Palladium does its combat roles, then this is a combat, uh, an aerial combat system designed to take that a step further and Mm -hmm. not be cumbersome.
0: What's also interesting is I ended up, when I was reviewing this for the podcast, pulling out my copy of Mutants in Orbit because Mm -hmm. both of them have zero-g vacuum rules and... There's a pretty direct line from one to the other, despite, you know, a fairly substantial time difference. Yeah. Going back to presentation for a second. One thing I really like about this book is it's a wonderful mix of art lifted directly from the comics and art done specifically for this book.
2: Yeah. You know, what I didn't look for, though, was the mechanoid, so I'm...
1: I'm just flipping through right now. I don't now because I, didn't I, kn- I didn't any, know it's what looked, is this one of them? I looked. I didn't see any mechanoids.: There's got to be one. it has got to be toys. near the bionics. Uh, no mechanoids Yeah. This this is I don't. He didn't need to maybe, bring maybe in Maybe in the gun
2: section. Maybe in the wait. No. The no. Federat trooper carrier. No. What page
1: are we looking at? Uh, Twenty one.
2: No, nope. it's in here. I bet it's in here. Stop everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. sorry. Go ahead.
1: I mean, all of this looks pretty solidly based in the comics. It does. Yeah. yeah. It's this is. I've been going through the comics again, and we're still in the single digits. Like this is yeah. this is early, early, early stuff. It's got to be in here. I'm looking. I like um, that it has all of these images of fugitoid, and I do like the fact that the Kickstarter surpassed one million dollars. And in doing so, unlocked, adding Fugitoid as both a mini to the miniatures collection, Mm -hmm. but also, they're going to finally give him some stats.
2: Excellent. Yeah. I like the Triceratons. I think that is one of the few dinosaur types that looks good as a biped. And I didn't expect to, but I really do.
1: I... Yeah, they look good as a biped. I think their helmets are a little dumb. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> the spike helmet. Yeah, yeah. Way to way to stop yourself from being able to move your head at all. But but I like their physiology. Mm-hmm. I like that their whole thing of being able to go to a place with an atmosphere they can't breathe, pass yeah. out for a couple of days, wake up and be able to breathe it. That's cool. Yeah. I also like their society in that they are conquerors. They are unable to evolve, not evolve. They are unable to uh, scientifically advance. Mm -hmm. All of their science is stuff that they have taken from conquered races and incorporated.
0: Yep. Yeah. There's a very Zentradi feel to that. I also do like the subversion of making a inherently herbivorous dinosaur the w- probably the most aggressive race in the galaxy <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 as an arc player this uh like sings to me
1: <laughs> what i find interesting as well as the federat they are the human empire right yep yeah now traditionally you're used to any other rpg where we have the human empire in space and they're the conquerors yep. they're the ones who can't tolerate another species Humans have to own dominate everything, America. Fuck yeah, kind of space assholes. These guys are really, really, really good at alliances. Mm-hmm. And it even comes out and says it they uphold those alliances, it's their strength. It's fascinating. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen that outside of the actual federation in Star Trek.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. It has a very much um, sci-fi literature of the 60s, 70s, and 80s vibe Mm -hmm. before we got into the 90s uh, with the uh, human supremacist themes being far more prevalent. Yeah. So... Everything sucks in space. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about the adventures? Sure.
1: Go for it.
2: Yeah. So they they, they knocked it out of the park with the rules, but then
0: let me be very careful in what i say here (laughs) all right i like tigers of tibet as an adventure why is it in this book (laughs) yeah
1: it should have been in the previous one yeah yeah
0: yeah it's it's they lead in with one that's just like so out of place for this book um it's a great adventure so don't judge it harshly because of the book it's in um but yeah
1: yeah it there are elements as well that don't age well yeah with the villains and the tiger aliens i would say would be nominally what connects this to the theme of this book yeah and you could say that uh, maybe it's there. They opened it with this way. So it's just to sort of start from the normal and then move into. uh Yeah, I, I, I can know, see the case for that. The metaphysical stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Everything else. It's the adventures are again. We got Doc Farrell again. I, <laughs> I know people love him. I just I'm not a fan.
2: I thought it was better than the last one, at least. But my personal favorite is the next one, which
1: is the Day of the Transmat. That one's actually pretty awesome, yeah. Yeah. What, like, less than a page of content? You get less than a page, yeah. Yeah.
2: But you do get random encounters, and I know you love those,
0: so. (laughs) Yes. Yep, I do. And then we get Invasion of the Triceratons.
1: Yeah.
2: Also, just a little over a page, counting the art.
1: It's really just a few random tables yep. Which again, yeah. I love A few random tables on how to apply the results So if you want a random military invasion Go for it
2: Yeah, and then about Fucking ten pages of comics And that's the book
1: Yep, And I really like the comics uh-huh. I mean, yeah. I, again I I do Anytime that they, they do this kind of weird stuff With the Utrams, I really like The Utrams Like, I don't know People are always like, oh, Krang. Krang was so cool. Krang was so evil. It's like, Krang was a dick. These guys are great. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. The disembodied mind,
2: I've always, I, I've never seen why the brain that wouldn't die, so to speak, was always a villain. Like when, yeah. you, when you look at people with no physicality, they're generally kinder than, you know, ape-suited, fuzzy-chested idiots like me. You know, they, they tend to be better people.
1: That's actually something that they play on in the comic When they bring in the Ootrams Because they look so weird and alien The Turtles upon initially seeing them are like What the fuck? And they attack And then there's all different kind of things Where they uh, have to deal with that And then they come back They finally cycle through like two whole comics worth of action Meet the Ootrams again And they're like Sorry Sorry about that guys We're sorry (laughs) Yep do so, you need it do you need I, it? I i
2: need i need that space i need the pursuits because i tend to do weird shit and i mean it's teenage mutant ninja turtles and other strangeness you know
1: i personally think yes i, I agree it's got all the space stuff it's got the strangeness yeah. like it. it involves the second half of the game's title
2: yeah i think it's it's one of the things I like the least about Riffs is that your way off planet is so very controlled, um, um. because of uh, all the killer satellites and yada yada yada, and it's from the moon and like all of that is just it's so no, you don't even go up there, you know, you can't go up there. It, it's it's almost a given,
0: uh-huh.
2: and I like that that's not here. There, you can you can literally take it from the streets of New York out into the cosmos. the the beginning The beginning page has. Uh, a, a star map and and light years laid out how far it is the traveling and while that's like you know pretty wildly inaccurate if that's what it <laughs> looks like but I
1: mean <laughs> it's a comic
2: yeah, yeah. go with it <laughs> oh wait that's at trans light speed so that's magic yeah. okay, you okay. never mind
0: yep yep but I yeah.
2: also like that they have a smoke screen in there that you can put on your your spaceship I belong to this uh orbital uh, space combat uh, space combat group. And a lot of it is like working out how to fight in space and um, a, a pressurized smoke screen just keeps expanding. And if you're moving fast enough,
1: that's totally dangerous. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> Very much so.
1: Yeah. I think you need it. Uh, well, I need it because I love the book and I collect everything that the turtles have, but what game was, but also I'm a big fan of space and space games, RPGs in space. And these are some solid rules for space combat these are these rules you get more space combat rules in this than you do in phase world yeah
0: yes yes very much so
1: so go, go find yourself a copy of this book if you want to get into space with some palladium rules
2: yeah i also like the maneuvering yeah but you were, you were doing a wrap up there and I just kind of dove back in. I'm famous for it, but let's just, uh, yeah,
1: it's a good book. Go buy it. <laughs> what do you think, Jacob? Um,
0: I, it all depends for me. I feel that it's not unnecessary necessary to own one unless you're looking at playing around in outer space. If you're looking at playing around in outer space, then yeah, it's, it, it's a great one to own. Even if you're not playing TMNT. If you're doing taking, if you're doing a Moonraker thing with ninjas and super spies, if you're doing any of some of the strangeness that you can get into and beyond the supernatural, it's super mm-hmm. helpful. It has a lot of use cases, but it's all predicated: Are you taking things off planet? Unless you're a weird, weird gun fondler who wants a, <laughs> which I am, um, who wants to have a more complete. Selection of weaponry from the 1920s, uh, 1980s, in which case all of the Chi Com weapons from the White Tigers of Tibet uh, adventure module come in real handy. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. It's one of the early books in the series. And each, so far, each and every one of these Ninja Turtles books is just, with a few exceptions of some adventures here and there, they are cover to cover awesome.
0: And and let's just quick call out that they delivered a lot in 48 pages, Mm -hmm. including a 10 page comic. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: You, you you kind of forget how slim these
0: books are as you're reading. them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It should also be noted that this is the, from 86 to 87, they actually got rid of the typewriter. At this point, someone in that office got a personal computer with font options. And Um. while it was probably still laid out, uh, with you know, with with cutting and glue, it, it was done. It, it looks so slicker than the one immediately before it.
0: I'd put money that they were using a brother, because brother, pry. They had to pry the typewriter font out of the brother's uh, uh, <laughs> word processor lines cold dead hands. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, if you can find yourself a used copy of this book, grab it. And if you can't, wait until September of next year when this book along with several others, are going to be released in the two hardback books, special editions, the Redux versions of the Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. role-playing game that, as of last night, finished its Kickstarter.
2: And we've just given away an awful lot about how we record. <laughs> that is, well, I'm,
1: I'm very open about the fact that we do these in batches. So <laughs> we're not always on top of immediately current events, but, you know... We're, we're in the ballpark there. we're yeah. like ketchup the best things come to those look, who wait look they're trying <laughs> <laughs> you got it buddy
2: <laughs> uh i want to say that you could use this in robotech because god damn it robotech didn't have the rules robotech goddamn, needed and i know they don't still have the rules for robotech but i still love robotech and if you're still playing robotech buy this fucking book <laughs> thought thanks. i'd sneak that one in at the end
1: <laughs> thanks for listening
2: Starships, magic, mystic martial arts, romance. All of these can be found in A Cloak of Blades by Isaac Scher. You might have heard my name before. I've done a lot of voiceover work for Breakfast Puppies. And I've recently released my first novel. It's available on Amazon as an ebook and paperback. And you can get it for free if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription. I do hope you'll support my work as you're supporting breakfast puppies. And it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Have a good one.
1: You've been listening to the glitter boys, a palladium books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at PalladiumBooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org.